Defense doesn't just win championships. Sometimes it wins fantasy leagues. And their defensive line, especially the interior, is getting better. Digzua, Watkins, they can rotate guys in. So he isn't really a tackle-heavy guy at this point, but he's a top 15 linebacker to do those big plays over the past four weeks. This is the IDP Heat Seekers. Welcome back to the most electrifying IDP fantasy football show in fantasy football entertainment. With me, as always, two of the greatest IDP minds this side of the Mississippi, Craig Reith and Austin. How are you guys doing? Mr. Reith, I'll start with you. How is Monday treating you today, my friend? It's fantastical. I'm glad you're back from your sabbatical. I know you were busy recovering after the big birthday last year, but glad to see you survive. <laughs> I do appreciate you guys holding on the floor. I was actually at a pastor's conference for three days. My birthday was, at this point, when you get to my age, your birthday recovery is more, you ate too much ribs and, and delicious grilled food, so you need to recover from that, but... Needless to say, you guys did an excellent job as I have to edit our podcasts and get them ready. I did get to listen to y'all, and you did an excellent job as always. Austin, how are you, my friend? How's the world treating you? I'm good. I'm good. Back again on a Monday. Excited about a mock draft that we had today. Going to be a fun show, of course. Yeah, life's good for me on a Monday. And even more excited that Sleeper's ADP is freshly updated. Anybody who follows Sleeper on Twitter, we use Sleeper when we do our mock drafts and, and tonight was perfect timing for sleeper to get their adp updated because we don't have this 12 team full which is fine it happens especially if the adp is updated that makes it easier to say okay we can let some of these teams auto pick because this is a super flex ppr idp rookie mock draft tonight so it's going to be a fun night tonight their adp is updated and it does look as though these teams that will auto pick will will wind up picking players probably where they should go so we're not too terribly concerned with that but we wanted to, we did a one QB rookie mock a few weeks back. If you haven't watched that, shameless plug, go watch it here on YouTube. Make sure that you guys check that out as well. If you if you need the one QB version or go to rotoheat.com. Our rankings are there. We update them on the monthly. So everything's nice and, and clean and updated for you guys. If you need some help, or if you're just in leagues with us and you want to snipe our picks, you can see who we would take. You can do that as well. With that being said, we're going to fire it off. You're going to see that Austin picks in this two spot. I'm in the 11 and then Craig's in the 12 and, and we'll kind of, you know, banter about these picks. We're going to go five rounds so that we can try to get some deep IDPs. We're going to try to get through all five rounds during the show, which we had no problem with the one QB. So I'm sure we'll be fine. Whenever you want to start, Craig, you are more than welcome to. I see everybody. It looks like everybody minus the one one has jumped in, which we do appreciate. We love hanging out and chopping it up with everybody in the community this will be fun i've got some drafts that are currently drafting so we we will have and i've even been publishing some articles of drafts that i've been doing so the folks that are that are checking the site out because we have a lot of folks jumping to rotoheat.com you can see who we're seeing drafted with that being said craig go ahead and fire this thing off austin have you seen anything crazy when it comes to idps being drafted early so far the earliest i've seen is me taking aiden hutchinson at the two six what are you seeing wasn't someone i don't remember where they were talking about this but weren't, weren't you engaging with someone who was talking about drafting somebody like at the 110 yeah i think in discord shameless plug we have a discord where you can talk idp with all of us all the time um somebody was yeah. talking that it was happening at the 110 spot actually the 110 like two one i'm so disappointed craig is there anything that you've seen i don't know how deep you are in your drafts i think i'm about halfway through all my rookie drafts at this point what are you seeing 
I think Craig's frozen on me. Oh, there he is. Yes, yeah. he's, he's chopping. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah, there you are. Welcome back. So what are you seeing in your rookie draft so far? Oh, we lost him again. Yeah, we may let Craig get right. <laughs> your turn to pick. You yeah. Can do that. Craig can get why, I don't know why he didn't take Kenneth Walker. I was really hoping Brees would fall to me. but Those are the top two that I'm seeing going. Oh, it's, ooh, look at that. So Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall I've been seeing going early. A lot of rookie drafts. Yeah. Top five. Yeah, and I took that second spot because there's been a lot of talk about who maybe should be that one one two. I think a lot of people are taking Kenneth Walker. I actually took Kenneth Walker in one of my own drafts, a real draft. I can't say too much, but I really I hate the offense for Drake London, but I love the player. And I think redraft is forever. Dynasty is not. And so let's roll with uh <laughs> roll with that. Yeah, I, I don't I haven't I have zero shares of Kenneth Walker. I zero shares of Brees Hall. I don't know that I'll I'll get any of those shares at, at this point just because it's really I'm not sure I want to take though even in a super flex format I'm not sure I'm taking either of those guys top two top three which is where I typically see him going at, at the four spot that's probably the latest I've seen Kenneth Walker go in any of my leagues at least yeah and then we see Garrett so, Wilson can you hear we me see now? James oh yeah Craig's back Craig hello my camera does not like it's not functioning well when my camera's on so we'll try it again in a little bit that's I have not had any IDP draft start so far for mm. rookies. So uh, there you go. Nothing He's there. Zero help right now. But I did want to <laughs> note for this too that we're considering this defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, not you know specific broken down positions. Two of each with a flex and balanced IDP scoring because that can matter. Mm. This is super flex. I've, I've been taking <laughs> CXK. You get us. I'm taking Kenny Pickett in super flex. In the, in the 7 to 10 range, typically, is where I've seen him go. I think I took him at the 7th spot. I think I've taken him at the 8th spot as well. That's all right, Anthony. You can jump on with us next time. It, and it's, you know, we try to do these. I know we're going to be doing some more mocks on streams as we go. And, and then once we get to redraft season, we'll be doing some redraft mocks so that we can make sure folks are having the opportunity to see what their friends in the community do, you know, what their peers and what the other managers are doing. So you'll see us finish out. So I want to talk about Pickens at the 112, Craig. I want to give you the floor on this because people seem to be debating how they feel about Pickens, how they feel about Pickens, how they feel about the landing spot. What do you like about Pickens that makes him a first-round pick for you? To me, he's the most talented wide receiver in the draft class if you just go off of God-given talents. He had injury concerns, and then he had some off-the-field concerns. I understand why he fell, but if we're talking about just pure talent, taking best player available, He's the best wide receiver in those sort of terms for me. No, I'm not taking him. The start of the drafts either. There's other reasons the draft capital can play into it. And I think there are some legitimate concerns with him. But at the end of the first, I'm certainly willing to take him there over yeah. again. Christian Watson, who went to a nice situation, but is still largely just unproven. But he's a complete physical specimen for what you want for a wide receiver. But he hasn't put it together as far as at that high level of competition, and he's going to a quarterback who notoriously doesn't use rookie receivers. And if, once he drops a ball or two, we'll see if he gets thrown to the doghouse. Yeah, I've been buying Amari Rodgers wherever I can. The positive reports are coming out. He's now year two. He's probably their their most seasoned receiver that I think still has talent. No, 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 no making fun of Cobb. Lazard's fine, but 
Uh, I do want to recap round one as we're getting partway through round two already. 1-1, one, one, we saw Brees Hall go, then Drake London, then Traylon Burks, Kenneth Walker, Garrett Wilson, J-Mo, so Jameson Williams, Chris Olave. We saw James Cook go with the 1-8, 1-9, Sky Moore, which is awesome. I, I love to see uh, Sky Moore. He's been one of the more all-over-the-place draft picks. I've seen him go early, kind of right around here, 1-7, 1-8, I've seen him all the way in the middle of the second round. So he's really an interesting player to look at. Isaiah Spiller at the 110. I took Kenny Pickett at 111. Then we saw George Pickens at the 112. So uh, definitely the first round. And, and – I have yet to see in a super flex IDP any IDPs go before early to mid second. So this is yeah really where we're seeing it at. And we see Christian Watson at the two one, Malik Willis at the two two, Damian Pierce at the two three. He's a guy that I have a lot of shares of. Like not expecting that early on, but I have a lot of shares of Kenny Pick or Damian Damian Pierce. Pierce sorry, I do have Kenny Pickett shares too. Then Jahan Dotson at the two four, Aiden Hutchinson. So our first IDP at the two five. Then Kyle Hamilton, then Kayvon Thibodeau, Trey McBride, the tight end from Arizona. So we start to see a little ones on the top IDPs. Austin, break this down. What do you think about, how do you feel about where the IDP started going here? Yeah, I really, I was so tempted to draft defense there at the 2-2. I didn't really want to take Malik Willis, but then I'm just torn on like the Rashad White, Damian Pierce, and some of those guys that are in tier for me. So I went with the quarterback because it's super flex and I was like, yeah, I might not have a, a crack at quarterback when it gets back to me at the 3-2, although I could be wrong on that. So I went ahead and took Willis, but Hutchinson, where he's at, I think I think it's a great spot. If that's where I was drafting, that's probably exactly where I would try to draft him at is that middle of the second. Your defensive guys probably shouldn't fall much farther than that, especially like your top ones, because you start to get in this class of offensive players where it's hard to sort out for me yeah. sometimes. And funny side note as we're wrapping up round two. So I had a 32-team league, so it's two 16 teams, AFC, NFC. And we just started our rookie draft in this league, which is a full IDP, but not super flex. It's one QB with full IDP on Friday. On Saturday in round two, it picks six, pick nine, somewhere in the middle of the second. I took Aiden Hutchinson. Literally within 10 hours, I had an offer of a future first for him. So I'm like, well, I'm going to flip him for a future first. So uh, I don't anticipate seeing that very often, but I jumped on trading Hutchinson and getting a first because albeit I like him a lot. Went to Detroit as well, which is nice to see. I'm not necessarily 100% certain. If I can get a first for a guy that I like, but is still a rookie, I don't know, why not? If he has a down here, maybe I go get him for less than a first. Get him for a second or something and get for what I paid. I'm just, I'm fine with that. So to wrap up round two, we saw Trey McBride at the 2-8. Rashad White running back Tampa Bay at 2-9. David Bell. Then we saw, I took Devin Lloyd at the 2-11. And we saw Quay Walker at the 2-12. Uh, and I think in Discord, it was Craig that shared an article on Quay Walker. Talk on him a little bit, Craig, because I know that you've shared shared a piece on him. So, so tell people why we should be excited about him. So my opinion, and I know it's that season where you got to take rookie talk at the grain of salt just because of that's the only thing going on in the NFL right now. But we've talked about on here how we had questions about with how the Packers have run the defense the past few years, how they're going to use two linebackers, if they're going to use two linebackers, what exactly the plan is. And they've come out and said that they haven't had the personnel that they felt comfortable to have two linebackers, two inside linebackers, true linebackers, if you will, on the field at the same time. And they finally feel like they have 
situation with Devondre Campbell signing that large extension and then bringing Quay Walker and who can just do a lot of different things with them. Someone that can run, go out there and still be a linebacker if he needs to come up, but drop back into coverage and stuff like that. They think that they're going to be able to do that with him. And they have plans for using two linebackers more like that, which probably means fewer cornerbacks, defensive back safety, whatever they were using extra previously or defensive linemen. So I'm buying into, they spent that high draft capital. They're coming out and saying they have a plan, which is more than maybe some people thought. I'm not just going to assume that a team has a plan when they draft someone. Uh, boy, to me, it feels like the Jaguars don't, where they're saying they're going to be using Trayvon Walker, the number one pick, as an outside linebacker more. I don't know that I necessarily think that's the greatest idea. So again, my point is I'm not just going to assume the best with every pick. But the Packers are saying the right thing. They're building that defense. They're turning into a defensive-centric team here later in Aaron Rodgers' career. So, mm-hmm. yeah, at the end of the second round in a balanced scoring league, I'll certainly take them there. And a team like Green Bay would be smart to do something like that. As quarterbacks get older, giving them a really strong defense and a plus running game helps take some of the pressure off them having to do yep. it all. So it's it's a good thing. Round three is in the books as well, so let's catch everybody up on that. we got Alec Pierce at 3-1 wide receiver Indy, who's a guy that I have a lot of shares of, which I did not anticipate having a lot of shares of. But in my rookie drafts, he seems to fall – further and further and i'm willing to take a shot at a guy who's probably starting alongside michael pittman at this most likely then tyler algier at the three two desmond ritter at three three uh, sauce gardner three four which this was an auto pick so here's where i would say okay it depends on how your league is set up cornerback is a required position and the scoring is set up in such a way that it would probably benefit maybe i'm one of those and, uh, and craig is still as well one of those guys where you rotate him in off the waiver wire in most cases but it is what it is then we saw Zamir white from the raiders then matt corral uh, john mechie justin ross nicobe dean trevon walker i took lewis scene and then you wrapped it up with george Karloftis. now we're into the fourth round uh, austin talk about some of these third round IDPs specifically, obviously, they would be the most important ones to talk to. Walker Scene, Karloftis, Gardner, those are, oh, and Kobe Dean. Dean may be the most interesting of these guys because pre-draft everyone loved him, but then he fell in the draft. But then he landed in a great spot. And so what do you think about these guys that went in the third round? It's almost like we we drafted the third round in reverse, in my opinion. I thought George Kalaftis is a fantastic pick, and I love the Quay Walker pick. I love the update from Craig because he got me scared a couple of weeks ago talking about how the Green Bay Packers deployed their linebackers, but good pick. Lewis Seen, we corrected ourselves last week. It's not signed. It's Seen. I uh, love that pick, too. He's he's one of my top. He's other than Kyle Hamilton, like he's my top safety. So I love that pick there. Uh, Nicobe Dean is a fantastic pick. I think that I just hope that he's able to find the, the field easily. They do have a couple linebackers that went to Philadelphia that we'll see how it goes. And then Trayvon Walker, he's incredible. So that's a great pick as well. Those are all great picks. Like you mentioned, the Sauce Gardner pick, it's a cornerback. Probably earlier than I would have taken him, I would prefer a linebacker or a defensive lineman. So yeah, I think it's a little early for him. He has a lot of personality, and that's great. But I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a lockdown corner when he gets to the NFL, and may not get as much action. Yeah, and and depending on the teams you're seeing these corners go to, they'll get picked on as rookies potentially. But there's still so much unknown, and and I just I tend to just err on the side of what I'd rather look at other positions. And especially defensive back, linebacker, as you get later in these rookie drafts, I look for guys that have potential to to get playing time. So at the 4'11", I took Christian Harris. 
he has no real competition in terms of long-term. Like I could easily make the case that that guy's in the starting lineup at some point throughout this year, and then potentially long-term solution. If he fits well in, in this Lovey Smith run defense, you know, which is more Tampa two and the, the linebackers have to be uh, fairly strong athletic guys because they drop in coverage and they're kind of all over the place. It's interesting how you see all over the place when you're looking at the foreground. Uh, so we see uh, Davis Price running back San Francisco at four. We see uh, Jermaine Johnson, def- they say linebacker. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a defensive end for the Jets. Uh, I think that would be a better position for him, but I think it's possible he rushes off the edge, so it could work either way. Then at the 4-3, Derek Stingley. Then we see Davis, a defensive tackle of Philadelphia Eagles at the 4-4. Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver. Then we see Anderson, linebacker from Atlanta. Then we see Channing Tindall, linebacker from Miami. Sam Howell at the 4-8. Waynedale Robinson at the 4-9. Jelani Woods at the 4-10. Then I took Christian Harris at 4-11. And, and Craig is currently about to run out of time, trying to pick David no, Ojabo. No defensive lineman and that that's a fun stash pick because obviously we know he's not gonna play this year or it's playoff times if he even gets to the team he's probably on IR most likely so he's a fun one to stash because pre-draft he's a first round pick so Craig talk us through this fourth round thinking about these IDP guys where they landed how do you feel about these fourth round IDPs so again you brought it up with the three and the four the auto pick they probably would not have gone there even in defensive tackle required leagues, and Jordan Davis is the popular guy, but for IDP purposes, he really has limited value. Same thing with the cornerback, although Texas probably are going to be on defense a lot again this year and get thrown on a lot in cornerback required leagues. Stingley might have some value. Jermaine Johnson's an interesting one. I don't think he has as much value as a linebacker. It's one of the things that I found interesting at the startup here when Thibodeau in the second round went. They do have him as a defensive lineman, which I like him much more as a defensive lineman in leagues than a linebacker. I don't have nearly as much interest in leagues where he's going to be a linebacker unless it's you know still a really uh, big play scoring type of league. Moving on, Anderson, we've talked about him a lot. You're probably going to have to wait a year or two to get anything out of him much, but I love the value there. And I see from the, the chat, uh, Green Horton had him queued up. If Lugas uh, or whoever it is took him there. And Tyndall, another you know linebacker that's probably more so for the future, but a nice pick as well. And what did we have? And so Christian Harris, again, probably a guy that's going to be on the field a lot, even if he doesn't start for the year, because they have a lot of veteran linebackers on two-year deals there. Houston Texans probably aren't going to be in playoff contention towards the end of the year, and they might as well get Christian Harris some playing time, so you should have an idea of what he's capable of, or at least get him experience if you're taking him this late in the draft. I like that a lot. And then our job was really simple. I think he would have been a in the teens, at least, in the real NFL draft if he was completely healthy with where we saw those guys go. And you can get that sort of talent at the end of the fourth round, even if you have to stash him. He's going to be part of a sort of rebuilding defense. But the Ravens really beefed up that secondary where they're going to have a top secondary for you know a number of years here yet. And then you add in some pass rushing. They're, I think, doing a great job of rebuilding that and trying to trying to go back to what they did when they had a lot of success with running the ball on offense and just having a great defense. Yeah, I would say that what you all, everything that you said was absolutely accurate. There are definitely, you know, some interesting stashes here, some interesting guys that could return value later in the season this year. And we see as we move to the fifth round, it's all that. It's all guys that 
have potential, but you're probably going to have to wait and see. So we see Greg Dulcich, a little mini run on tight end here. Greg Dulcich, then you see Ryan Cook, the safety back. There's the DB to Casey, then Jalen Weidermeyer, Isaiah Likely, Khalil Shakir, Keontae Ingram, Chad Muma, uh, Trent McDuffie, Brian Robinson, Jaquan Brisker. Now it's up to me at the 5'11". But Austin, how do you feel about late in the draft taking these types of guys to stash? Or what's your kind of late round draft strategy? Are there things that you try to do at this point? I was torn between Keontae Ingram on my pick and Brian Cook. But I went with Brian Cook because I think he's going to be a starter in Kansas City. In the late rounds, I just try to look to maximize value. Some guys are going to start trying to draft for need. And when they do that, and people in, in live drafts start doing those kinds of things to me you got to look at the who's the most valuable on the board and just make sure you stay true to that so uh, i took brian cook more as like a talking point but i would say like keontre keontae ingram was like on my radar some of those other offensive guys it's just kind of they all feel like flyers to me so if i'm in that situation where everybody on the board feels like a flyer and there's not like one guy i can pinpoint and say this is who i want to go get then maybe i do start looking at that defensive value which is essentially what i did when i took brian cook i feel like i got good defensive value there hopefully but yeah this late in the draft that's hard to call but yeah, we have a lot of good defensive players there. Daxton Hill, he went later than I thought he would. Jaquan Brisker, definitely think Trent McDuffie would go later. But again, that's another one of those autos where they're just drafting defensive back and they're not really looking at position and what kind of return those guys will have for you. So cornerbacks, I definitely prefer safeties over cornerbacks. Auto pick, it's going to do its thing. And in, in my mind, it's you either take, if there's a guy that you love, so if there's players that you really like and you want to try to stash, or if there's guys that could potentially, because of situation, return you something better than the draft slot. So in my mind, I don't love Jones, Ellis Jones, Chicago wide receiver. But where they took him, he has potential to get some significant playing time. And if he does quickly turn into something for them, I can flip him for better than a fifth round pick. Or Brian Robinson, if the fumble issue that we saw with Antonio Gibson last year causes Robinson to eat into his workload. Robinson's going to get you better than a fifth-round pick, most likely. Same goes with with these DBs. Brian Cook could return you better than a fifth-round pick if you know he gets in the lineup early for Kansas City. And, and same with Daxon Hill. Both these guys get in the lineup early and start returning you value. People might come looking, sending you a third-round pick, or or I've seen late second, early third conversations in trade offers for some of these later-round guys. So it, it wouldn't surprise me. I tend to go either who do I love or who can I make a case that can give me more value. To finish off the fifth round, though, we got, where were we at? Chad Muma, then we saw Trent Duffy at the 5'8". Brian Robinson, 5'9", Jaquan Brisker at the 5'10", I love Jaquan Brisker, and then I took Mavellis Jones at 5'11", and the Dax Hill 5'12". I do appreciate everybody that had jumped in and, and mocked with us. That's five rounds, so we got through it pretty quickly. Was this less than a half hour? Craig, talk us through this fifth round. Is there anybody that you you absolutely love late that you would target in your rookie drafts? Because obviously we know that yours haven't happened yet, but are some of these guys on your radar as guys you want to try to snag late? Speaking from the IDP end, since that's mainly what we're here for, and you can get that offensive content anywhere, including on Roto Heat other days of the week, uh, like tomorrow. But for IDP, guys late, Brisker went, if you're taking out the cornerbacks, it probably went, Brisker's going to go a lot higher, I think, in most of these drafts. And I think the guy I took hit Hill here, too. But he's the guy that might end up being in a starting situation sooner rather than later. So for those of you too up on IDP or anything, 
Jesse Bates is holding out. He doesn't want to play under the franchise tag, and it doesn't really sound like they're really close to an extension, and there's been some talk of potentially trading him and being open to it. If he does end up getting traded or ends up sitting out into the year because he doesn't want to sign and play under that tag, Hill is a guy that could go from some slot and backup safety work to a starter on that defense at some point this year, which I think would be great value. That Bengals defense is was good last year. It's going to be much improved, and that offense is going to probably not going to be even more potent than it was last year. Now that they're actually giving Joe Burrow what appears to be a competent offensive line to work behind. So Hill, I think, is a great value back there along with Brisker, and they probably go earlier than that. But a guy that you might be able to snag this late that we've talked about based on where he fell situation-wise, Chad Muma. He's probably a guy that's going to have to see something happen in front of him to be really IDP relevant. But if you're in a deep league, you're able to stash him on a taxi squad. He's got that great tackling ability, but he's also athletically able to move around and do things where he could stay on the field for three downs if he gets into that sort of position in Jacksonville. And we might have to wait a few years. They did take Devin Lloyd in the first. They gave Foya Luikon that big contract. So probably not going to be a right away guy. But uh, in fifth round, yeah, he's great value there. Yeah, and before we get to the, the Q&A part, seeing as I'm in the midst of this draft right now, I figured I'd pull it up and we can look at and see what all the teams are doing. 2-9 was the first IDP, which was me, and that's where I took Aiden Hutchinson. This is obviously not Superflex, so this is going to look a little different. You need um, to but then you see team name, Brad. No. <laughs> Commanders are stupid. We're gonna we're like gonna get we're gonna get your team a new owner since you're not changing that team name here. All right, so then so we see Aiden go. Then we get some more offensive guys, and, and you can see I don't have another pick. I don't have a pick in the third round because I I had accumulated multiple picks as a rebuilding team, and I wound up trading them in the Aiden Hutchinson deal. I don't have anything in the third round, so you see a bit of a, a, a wait. But then when we get to the two fifteen, we see Devin Lloyd go. So. Devin Lloyd in this league was wound up being the second IDP taken after after Aiden. So after that, we have Devin Lloyd at 215, the 16 team. And then we see we got Kayvon. So then we start to really see those IDPs come off. So we got Kayvon at the 3-2, uh, a little further down. And this is one QB. So we've got QBs going in the third round. Outside of Kenny Pickett, I wasn't really in any hurry to grab a QB. The Kobe Dean at 310, Quay Walker at 313, and then we're up to 315. So at, at, at this point, I'm, I've been talking to owners about trying to jump up to get some of these picks because look at the way our mock went. There's plenty of guys that I want to try to get shares of that haven't been touched yet. Karloftis, Trayvon, you know, Lewisine. There's guys here in the late third where I'm like, I don't necessarily need so much because I, my IDPs are pretty strong in this league. That's the easiest thing to fix in this league. But it, it's one of those things where Every, every league I've done so far, and I've done a few IDP drafts, rookie drafts so far, they've all been so significantly different. It feels like this class is just as all over the place on when to start drafting IDPs as they are on what quarterbacks they like in this class. We saw, obviously, Austin took Malik Willis here, but I've seen in some of the leagues where none of those quarterbacks, except for Kenny Pickett, go in the first two and a half rounds. You're halfway through the third when you see Malik go. So. It, this draft feels very interesting on both sides of the ball. Austin, where are you in your rookie drafts? Have you had some going? Do you Can you tell us who you're seeing go when it comes to your IDPs? Are they later, second, early, third? Do you see a lot go in bunches? What are you seeing? Yeah, this is 
pretty close to what I've seen. I say pretty close. Again, you have some autos that made some very odd picks to me. It is what it is with when you have auto pick on. Yeah, I feel like on on my drafts, the, I think I've had two of them. IDP starts going in the mid-second, and once they start going, they start going on runs. So it's hard sometimes to catch up to that. And then if you want to get in on the action from an IDP standpoint, then what are you leaving on the board offensively? But this is pretty consistent like with what I've seen, with a few outliers, of course. But overall, I thought this one went really well the it's funny we've been talking lately ever since mfl changed their positional designations and i think a lot of people are trying to figure out where these guys are going to fit in on these defenses so we talked a little bit about jermaine johnson who's listed as a linebacker probably plays better as a defensive end that's probably his true position it's hard to place a position on these guys i think because they're paying they're playing faster. They're playing leaner. They do so many things well that they can be put into that outside linebacker role and still be an edge, effective edge rusher and be able to do both these hybrid players. So it's hard to put a nail on what exactly these guys are going to do when they do get on the field and start playing. So that's one of the, the difficult things to nail down. That's where you to me, that's really where you start to see the values just changing so drastically. Is like David Ojabo, yeah, probably a defensive lineman. I've seen people call him a linebacker. So depending on how their designations are too, I feel like really changes things as you go in, uh, later into the draft. And it feels like you should have that control to be able to set that designation in every league. I know in uh, Flea Flicker and I think Sleeper, you can make that change. I don't know if you can in MFL. I don't. I only commission leagues outside of MFL anymore at this point, it seems. Can you switch them? So either way, if you, as a commissioner, if you don't like it, change it. If you yeah. don't think it makes sense. And you really won't know that until we get to camp, till we get to preseason, till we get to... Once the coaches start actually talking about what they're doing with these players, we're stuck just guessing. So that would be the thing that I would err on the side of caution. If going into the draft, and even on the team they're on, if things sound as though they're going to be one over the other... Don't necessarily look at the position the way it's set now in MFL, because if you love a guy and you think he's probably more a DN than an LB and, and fits in that role, might be. I mean, especially with a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau. Everybody keeps saying, oh, he's a hand-in-the-dirt guy just because he's listed as uh, a DL here or maybe a linebacker on MFL. you gotta be you got to be careful there. Craig, any thoughts on those, on that, and that, and making your draft decisions based on that? Really, that's something that your league should have set up ahead of time. Some of these leagues, one of the big things on Twitter right now is talking about because of all the weird changes MFL does is that true position where you know, whatever MFL does, some of these leagues go in and actually try to set what the person's true position is, regardless of these weird MFL changes every year. Uh -huh. um, so if that's something that's set and there's a standard in your league for it, I do that as opposed to being at the whims of whatever site that you're on. That's really going to be league specific. And I don't think most leagues are set up where people know each other well enough to be having a commissioner go in and make those changes manually because inevitably someone's going to be helped and someone's going to be hurt and people have feelings about that, which is fine. But we see every year lots of leagues fold. We saw this past year, especially with the pandemic sort of maybe being over, a lot of people just abandoning leagues and having a hard time finding people to take over orphans. There's just a lot of that in general, and then people are just going to drop what they don't want to be in or if they have something happen that they don't like. So I think most leagues you don't see that, but it is a nice tool to have if that's something that you're comfortable with in your league and who your commissioner is. 
Yep. I'm, actually, I'm actually doing well, that in man, home league, like you mentioned. I'll know each other pretty well, but I took an orphan in a 14-team league, and the question was asked about do you guys want to do true position? And we... Yeah, and, and it's a correct point. It's a great idea to have your uh, bylaws and constitution laid out with all this information answered. Unfortunately, real world, it seems as though something pops up every year that you just didn't think about, and people that have to go in and add it. The decision has to be made, conversations have to be made, polls put up. If you're on like a group me or a Discord or wherever, you can put a poll up, everybody can vote. You can call it good, put it that way. Don't let this be something that causes chaos though. Uh, ultimately in the end, the goal here is to have a good time, to enjoy fantasy football, maybe make more money, things like that. Don't get crazy about it. So if you are upset about it, you know, voice your opinion, but don't get nuts. I've seen too many leagues, people quit because they don't like something that changed when everybody agreed on it and they pitched a fit and blah, blah, blah. And it's just have fun. Don't be a jerk. That's why it's rule number one in the Rotary Facebook community. Don't be a jerk. We don't want to hear it. Wait, you bet money on fantasy football, Brad? I don't bet. It's because every league I'm in with you, I got stuck with an orphan that was like you a dumpster fire. You chose to take an orphan. No one stuck you with an orphan. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I got stuck with it. I'm guessing before I joined, everybody took the good players and stuck me with the trash. Yes, and absolutely. Look at that. Ricky Butts making an appearance. If you are not having fun in a league, you should definitely leave. Fantasy is supposed to be fun. That's because I don't know that you have fun. I'm still waiting to see. I want your brother to give us some video from Jurassic Park to show that you have fun because I don't believe it. You're like that T-shirt with all the, the Darth Vader masks, the faces of, you know, the, the emotional Darth Vader masks. And you do it as a ploy. You're playing, you're playing mind games. You're living rent-free in Austin's head. I get it. But not here. Does anyone pay to live in anyone else's head? I've always wondered that because we're going off the beaten track. With that being said, Craig's Ridiculous show's over. We do appreciate you guys for hanging out Ridiculous with us. <laughs> hot takes here. More hot takes. I love Craig's, it. Craig's bringing the energy. I like it. The big Craig energy at the end of the show. Um, we do thank you guys for hanging out with us. Rotoheat.com. You can find all of our content, written, rankings, all that good stuff. You can obviously like, subscribe, hit the notification bell on YouTube. If you listen to this in podcast format after the fact, you can always write a review on your favorite podcast platform and tell them you love it. It does help all those algorithms with the magic and the robots on the back end. We do this every Monday night. we got a Tuesday night show. Uh, we do Debbie on Thursdays. Typically on the weekly basis, but you never know. Things pop up from time to time. We do thank you guys for hanging out with us as always, making uh, Monday night special when we get to chat with you. And hopefully we've made your Monday night special as well. We thank you guys. Love y'all. Take care of each other. We'll see you later. The IDP Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts. Find more content on Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.